the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, tis the season. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. Tis the season for smart, <coughs> interesting, whatever you want, but also fun. Let's have some fun and funny. I got a got an email from a listener named Michael who says, uh, bumper suggestion. I love that. Everyone everyone wants to tell me what to do with bumper. I love I love that they do. That's fine. I love music conversations. An artist that I've always found to brighten my mood is Louis Prima. Maybe you and Bill can work him in somehow, some way. Uh, yes, we will do that. Um, and uh, then he, I wrote him, we'll do, we'll do that. He wrote back, thinking about getting ready for a date and listening to Sinatra. Perfect. That goes back to my Sinatra uh, uh, soliloquy on December 12th. And then he writes, a little splash of Jovan Musk and I was hot. And I wrote, Jovan, not English leather or high karate. And he wrote, that was a little before my time. No, it wasn't. They were all the same period of time. Don't make me all of a sudden older than you. Dana's in Chandler. Hi, Dana. I have a follow-up for you, but it's not what you oh, want. But oh, go ahead. Good. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm going to apologize in advance. I've been a little bit of a chatty Cathy this week with you calling in all the time. But um, it's called talk ra- It's called talk radio. I, I know, but sometimes I talk too much. Well, well, I'll, I'll decide that. <laughs> but I do listen. I'll decide listen that. You, you, you can let um, you, you you shan't allow your husband to decide that. But you can allow. <laughs> but you know, I you know, I I as the host can decide that. And so far, so good, Dana. <laughs> I see you've met my husband. That night. I, I I don't know if I have. I just know the general rules of life. <laughs> if mom is happy, well, everyone's happy. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So the reason I'm calling is, you know, we've been talking about masks and we've been talking about education and teachers, and I still have a student that's in high school, and so I try and, you know, stay on top of what's going on in the education scene in Arizona, and I follow some different people in different pages, and something came out today that I I found exceptionally disturbing, and it had to do with a mother who had posted on her Instagram pictures of her children and their friends, and... I don't know how it happened, but apparently a teacher of some of these students got the picture and started disseminating it around on the Arizona Education website, doxing not only the mother and her business, but the students themselves. You know, if you have these students in your class, be aware they're out and about without masks and gathering. And I feel like we have given teachers so much power that they think that they can be the the police of what our children do outside of school. I mean, the fact that they thought it was okay to not only dox a parent, but the student for actually being social together outside of school, and it doesn't go along with the teacher's agenda. How dare they hang out with their friends, right? Yeah, I... Um, I, guess, I find that at, frightening. Uh, at, at many levels, at many levels at the scientific level and knowing what those children can do with COVID, which is next to nothing, first of all. Second of all, you know, 
let's stick with the school as a as a place and a metaphor for a second. Every institution has a temperature um, based on the principal. The principal sets the temperature, whether it's in the school, whether it's in your city, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your church. You know what I mean. There's someone who sets the temperature. This temperature was set. This thermostat was set um, back <clears throat> during um, during during the month of April when the mayor of Phoenix said, you know, report family gatherings, report gatherings to the police and gave the police phone number out. Citizens turn, you know, encouraging citizens to turn on citizens. Now you have adults uh, encouraged uh, public employees, I assume, by the way, uh, adults being encouraged or at least thinking that it's okay and with impunity to report on uh, charges, their charges, children, uh, other other people's children. Um, This is one of the many, many, many social ills I've talked about with the response to COVID is that it is turning not just Americans against each other. It's turning, in some cases, families against each other, but really more sadly than anything, children against each other. Uh, health shaming, uh, regulation shaming, uh, family shaming. I can't go to that family's house because they're unhealthy or because they don't, you know, they don't take it seriously. You know, the the uh, the idea that we have turned children into uh, these chess pieces that adults want to play. I think the adults are being the children. I think they've been ge- given dangerous toys to play with, and uh, some dangerous toys are too dangerous even for grown children. And that's what these teachers are, grown children who are doing yeah, this. Yeah, and, and that's what I would say is these, these teachers truly are children. And, and while they say, you know, oh, there are students and we have their best interests in mind and we care about our students, no, you don't. Because if you did, you would realize that your, your holier-than-thou attitude of, you know, we're going to be the mask police and it's for the greater good and everybody should wear a mask for everybody else, that's the very definition of communism, when you trample on individual rights for the greater good. They don't see anything wrong with it. They think it's great. Well, uh, you know, of course, you know, if, you're, if, if you have an authoritarian personality, um, you, th- you, uh, you of course think that there's nothing wrong with anything you do. You are not to be questioned. Um, and that's why we kind of, as a country, used to abhor the notion of authoritarianism. Um, when authoritarian regimes are questioned elsewhere, of course, you're sent, you know, you're, you're, you're banished, you're punished, you're censored, you're canceled, you're uh, gulagged, you're imprisoned, you're, you're something. And, uh, and, and that's how they survive. I, look, if, 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 it's, if it's a teacher, if it's an employer, I don't care what the class is, you shouldn't be using children for your instantiation of fear or politics or the combination of both. It's, there's, a, there's, there's an unwritten rule about that. And if you don't get that rule, then you've, I guess, separated yourself to the unspoken covenant that makes free societies and all civilization possible. I, I, I just truly think it. that. I truly do think that. It with the red for ed thing when the teachers walked out on our students and the governor caved and gave them a 20 percent raise we told them it's okay i think you we made I, I i do think we made a huge mistake there huge mistake. Uh, i think huge we made mistake. a huge mistake there i think we're making a huge mistake 
uh, with the toleration of these sick outs that you you were alerting us to in another in another in another yeah. call with us. Um, yeah, these are public employees and um, they can be fired for doing that and should be when they do. And that. how come they're not? Right, well, that, that's, that's a matter of political will. What? I wish they were. I wish they were. Yeah, I, I really wish, you know, that that we, I felt like I had some kind of power to be able to, you know, say this just isn't this isn't how adults behave. And, and if you can't be an adult, they're not adults. They're little tyrants with Napoleonic complexes. They're little boys who shouldn't be given dangerous toys, as Hillel, Hillel, Hilaire Belloc yeah. wrote. That's 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 the moral of this story. And the dangerous toy in this case for them is any kind of authority whatsoever and probably a little bit of access to social media. Yeah, so I just, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to be the Debbie We have we have we've, we've taken children. We have taken children this year. We've taken children this year and we've totally di- disrupted not only their educational lives but their social lives. And everything they knew as a social life, you know, going to school, interacting, after-school activities, be it sports or some other club or something, we've totally disrupted them. So you describe five of them or something, a handful of them getting together on their own for some kind of quest to normalcy, some kind of normal engagement with each other, and they are now being shamed and frightened and told to go live in a cave because they tried to attempt something that was normal and expected and not even something anyone would talk about, blink an eye at, or think about before February or March of this year. You know, that's, 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 that's one of the great tragedies here. We have totally disrupted our children's lives, and when they do something responsible, like seek some kind of normalcy for themselves, we shame and embarrass them. What a terrible thing to do. What a terrible yeah. person who does that. But you should know they are having sports and they are having school activities. My, my daughter's school has been having sports for months, God. although there's no school and they're not meeting in person. Well, God bless that part of it. You know, God bless that part of it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. So I was waiting for my postal worker today, my postman, who I'm friendly with, <laughs> to ask the question. And he skipped my house because I didn't have any mail today. So I'll do it again tomorrow. No. Yeah, well, I didn't have any mail, so he didn't come by. But I'll do it tomorrow. All right. Hopefully, All right. hopefully someone loves me enough to write me a letter or, you know, <laughs> thinks I owe them money. <laughs> Send me a bill. All right, won't be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you are looking for entertainment that will lift you up, leave you inspired, I want you to check out Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. Herman... Cain was really just a beloved human being, um, and his, we lost him this year, unfortunately. And his rise from humble beginnings to the CEO of Godfather's Pizza is all documented in this great documentary, Porta CEO movie, really. Add to all his great accomplishments, um, his victory over cancer, his flourishing career in radio, of course, head of Godfather's Pizza, presidential run. His life was one that embodied the values we talk a lot about here. Um, Belief in God, power of personal responsibility, hard work, living each day with a thankful heart, a good education. It's really one of the most inspirational, entertaining films of the year. Poor to CEO. Available now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Make sure to use the promo code PHOENIX. Okay. 
Where am I going next? Jeff in Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How's it going? Really well. How are you? Great. Hey, uh, just wanted to put a plug in there for uh, Balance of Nature. Uh, I've been on it about a month and a half. I'm doing the full program, so I'm also getting the, the uh, fiber uh, drink. It's almost like a, I would say it's similar to a uh, oatmeal. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Something. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, uh, works fabulously. It's a uh, great product. I It's my favorite product I've ever endorsed or used, honestly. It's a great product. Thank yeah, you for saying yeah. that, Jeff. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. You bet. Um, so I was listening to the, the lady that called before about the uh, teacher that was trying to out the people, the, the students. Or the children, yeah. yeah. I don't even think yeah. they were her students because she didn't know who they were, She right, as I understood yeah, the just, story. Uh, yeah, hey, just put it out there. If you yeah. see these people yeah. walking down yeah. the street, let's uh, let's, yeah. uh, let's run them over with our Well, car. let's let, let, yeah, let's let them, the okay. parents have you know, it, I go you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway. effectively, metaphorically, yes. Yeah, metaphorically, let's run them I've down. Thought, yes, you know, metaphorically. Yeah, because in a sense, what are we saying? You know, if we take it to the, because I always take something past the first. I want to take it to a, the uh, logical the extreme. If we, the lo, you know, if we're going to take it to this point, let's take it to this right. point because that's where it's going. Where go. does it go? And exactly. Just like, exactly. Just like leftism, Marxism, liberalism, whatever. You cannot stop it once it starts to progress, and that's what we're seeing right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But what I would say to, what I would like to say, and encourage people to to understand and believe right now, and what we have to do, because we are being taught in a, a culture of argument. We are being taught to argue with people, and it does nothing but excite you and cry, make you in a crisis mode, because arguing really doesn't affect anything other than make people angry. Someone comes up and yells at me. And tells me I'm this racist, this or that, then I'm going to get defensive and defend myself, because most people don't want to debate and talk about facts. Okay, so what we need to do is say, you know, when the woman comes up and says, "Oh, look at these kids wearing without wearing masks," then we need to go to this teacher, and we need to this woman needs to find every way social justice media, social media, social whatever it's social judgment, I think. Yeah. But find every way that you can. To say to her, you know, you're absolutely right. So we want to know what your medical qualifications are to judge this. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know what you're doing, and then go follow her around with a camera. Mm-hmm. Go follow her around at her wherever she works. Go do everything possible to to, and I'm within the law, but to show how she lives her life mm-hmm. and what she what she cheats on, what she cuts corners on. You know, this whole thing is about people trying to out people for what they disagree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I disagree with things every single day. Am I going to go videotape my, am I going to get a drone and videotape my neighbors? No, that, that's, see, disagree? that's a very important point. That's the point right there. You and I and most sentient human beings disagree with about a hundred things a day that come into our lives or come past our eyes or that we hear, right? We really do from people we love and people we don't love alike. It happens. It's life. It's humanity. We're imperfect. That's America. It's America. It's humanity. It's nature. But there was a time when the left and the right agreed that one of the things to be fearful was of was a surveillance state, a surveillance state where the government, you know, surveils you from the moment you leave your house to the moment you return. We were all kind of nervous about that. It's no better that it's done by anonymous neighbors, 
friends we don't know are doing it, people we don't we know but don't know are doing it. It's no better. It's not that it's the government doing it. Of course, they have more power. But what we've done is empowered individuals to be as powerful as the government, quite frankly, and turning you over to the government, which is redolent of every communist and nationalist socialistic regime I've ever heard of. This is what they did. But this is this is the, this is the flash mark. Because neighbor I against neighbor, neighbor, friend against friend, I, reporting them to the government. Well, I, I have... I have a block watch thing in my window, okay? I want to watch out for law-abiding and non-law-abiding people, okay? As far as I, I know right now, if you don't want to wear a mask outside or things like this, now, I know the mandates and all these other things, but I also know that I've heard that, and I agree with, that legislators, from everything I've read in my life, they make the laws, not governors, not mayors, the legislators. And all these things that they're doing, I mean, sure, it's going to come out in court and all these other things. People are making lawsuits and everything else. But the fact that you're snitching on your neighbors because of something you don't even know factually is lawful or true, that's where we have the problem. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if my neighbors make cook and crack next to me, I'm going to call them in. Well, of course. That's a danger that we all know to the community and a violation of the law. This is no violation of the law for children to get together and, for God's sakes, let's use the word play. That is not against the law. And it's all about masks. It's all about masks. Who will comply and who will not comply? And that's the scary part. They can't take our Second Amendment away within a couple, three, four years. It'll take a lot of work, a lot of—you can't change. But you can do this mask mandate. I mean, Governor Ducey, I think, is this close to caving on this thing because he's already sold out the conservative party in this state as far as I'm concerned. That's my personal opinion. But i got to tell you, this man, this mass mandate really, really scares I, me. I, I will say because, something. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the, on the, the mask mandate terrifies me. I, I have been against it from the first day. I think uh, I got uh, pushback for calling them face diapers. But— on the Ducey thing, I've had my criticisms, um, and they might be a little lighter than others, but I will tell you, his touch, I mean, he is getting a lot of pressure. You're right. There is a lot of pressure. He has been pretty resolute not to cave to it late of late. And, I, you know, I, I think it's worth pointing out we still have this spirit in Arizona. We could go the way of California New York, and we aren't. And I, and I am really grateful for that. You know, it would be very easy to go that route. Just a little, just a I little know. side uh, asterisk. You, you and I may see that differently, but just a side. I think we see everything else the same way. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Jeff. God bless I you. Thank it. you, sir. That w- w- powerful call. Thank you. Yeah, think about putting the Jovan on your face after after a shower. Listening to that, a lot of us used to do it. A lot of us used to do it. Uh, Last caller was bragging on balance of nature. I brag on it all the time. I love it. It's, um, I think, the most effective whole food supplement on the market. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients from 100% whole food, plants, fruits, and vegetables. It'll improve your energy, your health, your vitality. It'll strengthen and boost your immunity, something gosh knows you really want in these, these times. It's powerful. It's robust, great, potent, healthy stuff. Blueberries, oranges, carrots, broccoli in one daily dose. And they have a great special, free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. I've given it to friends, family. They love it as much as I. Uh, big stuff we've got to handle here. Tom and Mesa. Hi, Tom. Tom? Hi. Hello. 
Hi. Can you, can you hear me? I can now. Yes, sir. Oh, great. Yeah, my sorry. Um, you know, you covered a story earlier in the week that has just stuck in my craw. Yeah. Uh, I think I know. The story about the uh, guy in San Francisco who wants to rename the the school named after Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, because Blink, because Abraham Lincoln didn't care about black lives. That was the direct quote, because Abraham Lincoln didn't care about black lives. Yeah, you know, it just really... Abraham Lincoln sent 50,000 white men to their... Yes, yes. Uh, to, ...to liberate this guy's forebears. Yes. And many hundreds of thousands more suffered grievous, grievous bodily injuries. Correct. And Correct. my forebears were among them. Mm. And, you know, uh, I got to tell you, when I hear people like this moron in San Francisco shooting his idiot mouth off, it it makes me, it, I'm tempted to say the sacrifice was not worth it. it. It hurts. It hurts because it tears at something really big. It tears at our soul. It tears at our history. It tears at all common sense and reason. And what's worse is people take it seriously. What's worse yeah, they, is that people take it seriously and they say, yeah, well, that's smart, you know. Um, it's pseudo-sophisticated, I, a word I can't use. I, and, 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 and what good is it going to do? What good is it going to do? I want more people to learn Lincoln. I don't want you less. I, I want more people to understand what that was about, not less. You want to? You can't tell me you're going to teach accurate history or fix our history by saying we're not going to teach that Abraham Link, uh, that we're going to teach that Abraham Lincoln didn't care about black people. He said he never had a thought that was opposed that was anything other than opposed to slavery. I mean, the moral, the moral argument against slavery, against treating people differently because of their skin color, was made by no one ever better. Than Lincoln, and you want to take that away? You want to take that away? Let me read you something. My, one of my favorite things on Lincoln. Um, uh, it's 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 to make you cry it, or scream. I'm not sure which, but yeah. it's you say uh, it's it's one of the most important things. It really is. I just want everyone to focus for a moment on this, um, if you can. If A can prove, however conclusively, that he may of right enslave B, why may not B snatch the same argument and prove equally that he may enslave A? You say A is white and B is black. It is color, then, the lighter having the right to enslave the darker. Take care. By this rule, you are to be slave to the first man you meet with a fairer skin than your own. You do not mean color exactly. You mean that whites are intellectually the superior of blacks and therefore have the right to enslave them? Take care again. By this rule, you are to be slave to the first man you meet with an intellect superior to your own. But, say you, it is a question of interest, and if you can make it your interest, you have the right to enslave another. Very well. And if he can make it his, he has the right to enslave you. Is there a better natural right, natural law teaching on why slavery was wrong or why judging people by color is wrong than that. And they're telling us this man is not to be taught. This man didn't say anything positive about black lives. It, Tom, yeah. it's, it's, it's to scream about. It's to scream about. There's this evidently new, new uh, quarantine on San Francisco. Anyone visiting has to quarantine for 10 days. Good. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. They don't deserve your 
your your commerce. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're thinking about getting in the real estate market or in it, wanting to sell your house or wanting to buy a house, or if you're selling your house and it's not going well, call my friend James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. The Phoenix Business Journal ranks him the number one selling individual agent in Arizona. And if you're into buy, if you're looking to buy a house, he has a private database of homes that'll soon be going on the market. Uh, helping you avoid bidding wars and possibly losing out on something you'd really otherwise want. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference, and he can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer if that is more convenient for you. Visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com, or call him at 480-386-0711. Hello, Rob. Well, hi, Seth. Long time no talk. And by the way, um, great show, great monologue, and great callers today. Yeah, they the people are. It's thank you. I'll just say thank you. But yes, the callers have been great. Yes, including you. Yeah, and and by the way, I I think I got gypped um, the other day with uh, Rush versus was it Steve Miller band. No, you got you didn't. No, here's what happened. I thought you got three out of three. First of all, you weren't prepared. I I didn't prepare you. You didn't know it was coming. I threw three well, quick. I, I don't need preparation. I under that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Some preparedness for you. And um, and so I threw three. So the audience says I threw three quick musical trivia questions at you, and you ended up getting two out of three right. I thought you got three out of three. My producer reminded me on the break it was two out of three, but as you know from Meatloaf, that ain't bad. Well, no, and and again, I I probably should have asked: Is this based on U.S. numbers? You probably should have. Wide numbers. You probably should have. I, I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Rush probably sold more worldwide because they had a whole lot of concerts internationally, like in Brazil and uh, Eastern Europe. But, but again, I was just thinking off the top of my the head. The difference, by thought, the way, the interesting distinction between Rush and the Steve Miller band other uh, when it comes to al- uh, album sales is the difference was very small. It was like by a million. It was by a oh, okay. it, it was a really close question. By a million, yeah, which but, is but a small again, number. I, I knows in yeah, that I don't know whether that was just based on American sales. It doesn't matter. It do, it well, well, it doesn't matter. But it does. That anyway. <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the uh, insidiousness of diversity. Yeah. Because okay. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been following the U.S. Naval Academy, my alma mater, uh, and they have apparently an office of. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which concerns me a great deal, which is headed by a, a female minority Navy captain uh, who's in charge of that whole diversity thing. And it, it actually, they had, they had a job description thing I'm thinking of applying. Uh, it's a GS-13 full-time salary, 102663 to 133465 Education requirements, none. Appointment time, permanent. Really? Travel really? required. Really? Yeah. For a college. Yeah. And, For a college. And yeah. At the United States Naval yeah. Academy, yeah. whose mission was, I thought, to prepare uh, officers to uh, serve as uh, combat-ready naval officers. But, again, um, this, this is it, all it, about oh. equal opportunity, <laughs> office diversity, and and I keep thinking about when did the whole diversity thing start? And I'm thinking maybe early 90s. Yeah, 
Late eighties, early nineties. Late eighties, yeah, early nineties. But it didn't hit and, the military and, till a little later. Yeah, you and, know when I first so, noticed it. I first when no- did you I, I, well, I first noticed it <clears throat> in uh, uh, two thousand nine with the uh, Fort Hood terrorist attack. When the chief of staff, oh, yeah. yeah, with the chief of staff oh, of the yeah. army, George Casey, told Matt Lauer on the Today Show, as tragic as this was, if we lose diversity in the military, that would be worse. But but that, what? Well, see, that would yeah, be worse. Yeah. That would be worse. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. that's the chief of staff of the army. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just worry that this. And again, this has been beaten into everybody's heads in the media and academia. Where what does diversity even mean? Well, it, that, that's another great matter? point. That, that's another really good point, yes. It means whatever the why? most woke leftist person who can be the most woke leftist person in a room tells you and redefines it to mean. That's what it means. Well, that's right. And, and, sort of goes and it's a race, the by the way. It's a race to see who can be more so. Bill, Chris, what were you telling me? Uh, you were trying to send something funny. Uh, we don't have to get into the major specifics on YouTube, I think it was. Some other, some other yeah, some other video device. And they asked you about something that's very obvious, what gender you wanted to select for the – what pronoun? Yeah, sure. yeah it was What order. pronoun? Yeah, they asked the – there was the third request, <laughs> and it was what pronoun to use, and it was a drop-down of selection. Yeah. I had never seen that before. For, for something that is very obviously a he. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I say very yeah. obviously, I don't want to well, give the yeah, farm away here. You put the information yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well – and again, if you go to, uh, I know, say it Twitter, over and over again. People don't listen. You do. Others don't. Pay attention. You may not be oh, interested in political philosophy, but it's interested in you. They're very interested in you. And hey, I got I something funny they're... for you. You want to laugh? A seriousness and well, a laugh. Absolutely, I need. Some it, it unites everything, exactly. and it's not just for you. So you know, I've been kind of focused on this whole conversation of Dr. Jill Biden and making sure she's called oh, yeah. a doctor. So Kyle right. Smith went through her dissertation. I read some of it. Kyle Smith at National Review went through her dissertation, and he's done three columns on it. It's worth reading. But I love this. Uh, please please listen to this. Gene Simmons has a better claim to be a doctor of love than Jill Biden to be a doctor of education. After all, <laughs> Simmons has spent a lifetime demonstrating mastery of his field. As for Biden, she has spent a lot of time teaching remedial English to slow learners in community colleges, which is like being a rock musician who's in a bar band that plays covers at mixers held in assisted living facilities. I love that. I thought Dad. you would. I thought I thought we I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, I, I think the whole Dr. Jill thing has been overhyped. But, it's ridiculous. Again, Whoopi Goldberg said on The View last year, well, Dr. Jill Biden could be our next Surgeon General. She's a really good doctor. She has no idea what she's talking about. What's her name had to correct her and say, well, it's, it's, it's actually not a medical degree. Unbelievable. All right, let's clean the palate, cleanse the palate with a little Paul McCartney. We had fun today, didn't we, Chris? We didn't know what we were going to walk into today for a host of reasons, but we ended up having some smart and fun times, didn't we? Thank, and well, thank you for your help with it. Uh, let me close this way. Um, that Lincoln thing I can do all day long. 
And I will tell you, it is maddening. As frustrating as the caller uh, made it sound, it's worse. San Francisco school named after Abraham Lincoln, changing the name because, as the man said there, Abraham Lincoln didn't say anything respectful of black lives. How about I, I could do? I could spend three hours quoting Abraham Lincoln. How about this? We'll close the show with this. In his debate uh, with uh, Judge Douglas, Stephen Douglas, this is the real issue. This is the issue that will continue in this country when these poor tongues of Judge Douglas and myself shall be silent. It is the eternal struggle between these two principles, right and wrong, throughout the world. They are two principles that have stood face to face from the beginning of time and will ever continue to struggle. The one is the common right of humanity, and the other, the divine right of kings. It is the same principle in whatever shape it develops itself. It is the same spirit that says you work and toil and earn bread and all eat it, no matter in what shape it comes, whether from the mouth of a king who seeks to bestride the people of his own nation and live by the fruit of their labor, or from one race of men enslaving another. It's the same tyrannical principle. Yeah, get rid of that man. Get rid of that man. Get rid of America. Get rid of everything. Live your nihilistic life. That's where we're headed if we don't stop it. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class dismissed.